0: not good people, NFL fans, enthusiasts of the gridiron game. We're back. Kyle Means here. We are radio.com War Media. I'm the editorial director, Ryan Bukovetsky, on the line with me. Our, our number one guy when it comes to the Bears and the NFL, and we are here with the very first ever All-32 show that we're doing as we uh, look to enhance our NFL coverage and give you more of what you're looking for when it comes to America's obsession, Sunday obsession, Monday as well, and Thursday, we can't forget as well. But uh, yeah, we're, we're wrapping up the first week of this 2019 season. Uh, another interesting, uh, you know, kickoff to, you know, what should be another fascinating football season, and uh, you know, with with this show, you know, we call it all thirty-two as a uh, as a, you know, homage to the all twenty-two uh, style of uh, analyzing the uh, analyzing the game. All twenty-two means that you have a shot a camera shot of the field and you can see all 22 players on the field, you know, the 11 on offense, 11 on defense. And it gives you a complete look at the game. You know, that's definitely the type of analytic view that, uh, you know, people who played the game like to use and people, you know, like I say, just really heavy into the game and devoted to the game like to use. You know, me and Ryan haven't played the game, not at the NFL level, but we're definitely big fans and, and uh, we like to deem ourselves responsible analysts. So, you know, we look at, we're taking a look at the league here in this, a complete league here in this show, and thus giving you the all 32 perspective, 32, of course, being the number of NFL teams. And, uh, you know, this is a bit of a sprint. This is going to be a bit of a sprint, too. It's not uh, – we're not going to have to sprint all day with all this. We got other stuff to do. But, uh, you know, we're going to, you know, just give you a quick look at each division and, um, you know, of course, run down the scores that happened for each team in each division and give you a quick look, you know, give you a quick uh, look at where everyone is standing after this week and just give you, uh, in our opinion, the, the best thing we saw in that division and the worst thing we saw in that division. Or, or I'll probably say at this point the most problematic thing. Because uh, I think if you, put, if you say worse, that's sort of putting like a, a dead stamp on, on something. And, you know, it's too early for that. But, you know, if you say something problematic, that, that's more of a interpretation. It's more of like, uh, you know, hey, I don't look good. You know, but there still may be a chance that you know something could change or the perspective could change at least. But uh, you know, that's like I say, that's what we're about to do here. It should be a good, good time, good fun. Hope you enjoy this. Uh, just a little bit of extra, you know, analysis and uh, breakdown here. If you're, you know, if you're a big, big into the NFL, share this with your friends who are also into the NFL and let them know that uh, we what we're doing here at we are radio War media but uh as i uh i'm gonna hand it off here to my man ryan Bukovetsky, ryan what's going on
1: kyle how you doing it's so glad to talk to you especially after an exciting week one and maybe highlighted by that monday Nighter, the first one so uh really glad that we get to talk football today it's uh like you said, America's obsession—it feels like it's just streamlining right into the bloodstream right now, and everybody's just feeling the, the uh, I guess oozes and ahs of week one. If you're on the the right side, you're happy. If you're on the losing side, you're you're hoping beyond hope that
0: you don't go to zero and two. Yeah, and yeah, and uh, the, the interesting thing to me too about the NFL is that you know the NFL it, it can sometimes. A lot of times succeed in spite of itself. Like, you know, one one thing that we can that we didn't get really in this this first week is a uh, a big national game that was compelling. You know, uh, unfortunately on Thursday, you know, as, definitely as Bears fans, we got to acknowledge that uh, our team didn't show up. You know, at least or half the team at least didn't show up for that that big opening game, and it turned out. You know, Green Bay really didn't do anything either. And, you know, it turned out to be a not so compelling ten to three uh finish there. You know, at least for, you know, if you like, I guess, certain things about the game, maybe you you were you were down with it. If you were a diehard Green Bay or Bears fan, maybe you were down with it. But, you know, I think for the national audience, the uh, you know, the the less hardcore football audience, it was I don't think it was very appealing. Then you had Sunday's game that was, uh, you know, again, a blowout. 33-3, Pats, big time. You know, it, it was just a one-sided thing. It's, you know, the Monday games didn't disappoint, you know, especially the uh, New Orleans-Houston uh, game. But, what you know, the national games were so-so. But if you look throughout the league, there still was a lot that was very interesting about the, about the league. And about the individual results and how they played out, and you know some of the showcase performances, and that, you know as we get into the uh, as we get into our the, our division by division look here, we'll uh, you know highlight all that stuff. So, but you know, let's start off with the NFC, and um, you know then I guess we'll, we'll start with the NFC East. Let's go just go coast to coast with it, and in that division, in that division, uh, we had the, the, let's start off with the big game, uh, the big highlight game there, Dallas and the Giants. And, you no know, Dallas, big, big time over the time. What was that, 33-17 final? I'm trying to get the scores up right there.
1: Yeah, I got the score for you. The uh, final was 35-17, Cowboys.
0: 35-17. Thank you, Ryan. And, um, uh, yeah so that's that was the score there 35-17 you got a uh, yeah I um, uh, it's one thing that the league has has been doing in recent years they've been uh emphasizing a lot of in-division clashes with uh you know with some of their bigger franchises the bigger market franchises in particular you saw the bears with the packers rivalry on Thursday and um you know I think with a lot of the The NFC and AFC East teams and the North teams, you see this more and more in in the beginning of the year and the end of the year, too. They sort of save some of those key matches, too. And, uh, you know, with the NFC East, you had both. You had all in-division clashes there. So you had that game, and then you had uh, the very, you know, pretty compelling uh, Eagles-Redskins game there, too. Uh, Ryan, can you give me a score there too? I'm sure I gotta reboot my uh tablet that I'm looking on here with the score. But yeah, well uh, it but was 32 uh,
1: 27 for the Eagles Washington game.
0: Right. And that was one where the Reds uh, uh, uh the, did I already say that. I, we don't say we don't say that man. Yeah, yet. You might uh, have to bleep uh,
1: something out there,
0: Kyle. Yeah, I have to, yeah. I'm about to edit myself there. Uh we say the we either say Washington or we say the slurs. Yes. So uh, no if R new to, words around here. Yeah, if you're new to uh We Are Eagle Radio content. That's what we do with uh in regards to the Washington football team. Uh and the uh, they uh you know they they came out pretty big in the first half of that game. The Eagles had to make a comeback and they uh came through. You know, they you know showed a lot of pass, a lot of their pass out uh You know, uh, operation again. They got, you know, the former bear, Alshon Jeffrey, on one side. And, uh, you know, you got, you know, returning uh, Jackson there, uh, who's, you know, that definitely looks like a welcome return there to Philly, uh, Deshaun Jackson. And, uh, you know, it's, you know, uh, Carson Wentz stayed on his feet and he's not injured after one one week. So that's uh, always a good thing for him. (laughs) And um they didn't show much of the run, but you know, which is unfortunate because I got Miles Sanders on my flex on my on my fantasy squad, but nobody cares about that. But <laughs> but uh, you know, they also have a couple other backs, too, Jordan Howard, another former bear. But uh the Eagles, you know, they showed a lot of grit and heart in that in that game. And um, you know, they they get out with a one zero uh they get you know get up one game on the rest on on Washington and as well as the Giants. And you have uh Dallas up one-o as well. So that it probably probably makes sense coming you know the, the sensical thing that we're seeing coming out of week one in the East. Uh, the likely two two better teams uh coming out of their coming out of their wins and uh you know the two teams who we can probably assure sure now gonna be competing in the division and competing in the NFC coming out of that division, uh are up one zero on the other two teams. Now, uh as we look at uh what was the best thing that we saw in the division that week, I'll give it to you, Ryan, first, what was the best thing you saw in the NFC East this week? Uh well uh, that
1: Eagles comeback is certainly high on my list but i'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys i thought that they looked just really strong in their opening game no hitches whatsoever with all those guys signed uh Dallas i think is a really solid team they might be even a great team and they might be better than they were last year especially if Dak Prescott plays uh the way that he did in that game but Overall, statistically, he's been great against the Giants, so it's no surprise. And I I was just uh, surprised, I guess, at how easy that was for the Cowboys pretty much overall. And, uh, you know, good for them to uh, get off to a good start now that they have everybody signed. It, it seems like they're ready to go.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Ryan. Uh, I would say the, the, the Cowboys were definitely the best thing. And uh, more specifically, Dak Prescott, 405 yards. Passing, uh, got the ball to a lot of different people. You know, just was controlling the game completely uh, very well, and, and was dynamic in, in his control of the game as well. And just right on time now, it seems like with the money train. Now that uh, you know, Ezekiel uh, got his payday. Now it's uh, now it's that turn, and uh, you know, people are there's a lot of expectation now, whether it comes at some point this year or in, in the coming off season, or even after then. I don't, I don't think it, would, it sh- shouldn't take that long, but we never know with the Cowboys. But eventually, uh, people are looking at that to be the, the next highest-paid uh, quarterback and likely player in the league. So, uh, you know, if, if he continues to play like he did Sunday, that would probably be a no-brainer because, you know, we know the Cowboys got the money. And Dak is already a high-profile athlete, being the quarterback of of the Dallas Cowboys. and of itself makes you high-profile. You know, if he if he leads this team to, say, an NFC Championship or even a Super Bowl, you know, that's gonna be a. It makes him one of the most important players in the league, and uh, he'll be paid as such.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. Because Dak, uh, you know, he is. He's an interesting quarterback because I think he's been somewhat similar to what we have here in Chicago and Mitch Trubisky, but obviously more proven than Mitch. They just seem like he kind of has that one-to-one ratio of really good to where is he at kind of thing. But maybe especially after the second half of last season and now going into this year, he might be on that trajectory where he's really ready to take the next step. And if he does, I mean, he'll definitely be worth one of the top money makers in the NFL because he can definitely game manage and make some big plays. And when you have Zeke Elliott in that offensive line, he should be able to do a lot in Dallas.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, uh, say Dallas and uh, Philadelphia looking pretty good coming out of Week One. Uh, Washington had some. At some, they probably looked the. As respectable as they could look at their game, but they didn't hold on to it. You know, we'll probably see it. We'll see a lot more of them in a couple weeks with the Bears. But uh, you know, probably jury maybe still out with a few things with them. The Giants, they're just a bad team right now. And they're incomplete completely building them up, but uh, let's go to the let's go down to the south before we go up uh, around our way here in the in the north. And uh, in the south, you had uh the uh. Uh, we had, a, you know, Tampa had a, you know, I, I, and I was, I was one who picked this one. I don't know if everyone else in Dean Davis, how did, how did our picks go with the, with the Buccaneers? Uh, with that game, you and I were the only
1: ones on the Forty ers Everybody else, Sid, D and Davis were oh. on the Buccaneers.
0: There you go. That's why you should listen to exactly. us exactly.
1: And we, I, I think we listen. did that with another team too, if I'm not mistaken, where you and I were in on them.
0: Right, I just, I just didn't, I just don't expect much from the, from the Bucks at all this year, you know. And they, they made an improvement in the coaching, but I just, I think it's gonna take at least a year for, for that to, for that to turn around now. There, but uh, you know, uh, let's say Bucks, uh, Bucks lost that game to the Forty ers What? Uh, can you give me that score, Ryan?
1: Yeah, that score was thirty-one to seventeen Niners over the Bucks.
0: Yeah, the loss there, uh, the, uh, Panthers, uh, took a loss to the Rams, 30
1: to 27
0: Rams. in that one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Atlanta took their loss to, uh, Minnesota. Pretty, pretty tough draw for them in week one. Uh, what was that score? 28
1: to 12.
0: 28, 12. Yeah. Got run through there. We'll talk more about Minnesota, uh, when we get to the North and, uh, uh, New Orleans had a had a nice battle with uh with Houston back and forth and that was what a thirty to twenty eight final there on Monday. That night. is correct. Yeah. So uh New Orleans uh, you know, the, the vision winners last year, uh very close to the Super Bowl. Uh and they it's always always hard to win down there in New Orleans. I was down there this weekend actually, uh, for some professional development uh conference in uh it was a good time being down there uh, on game day. Uh, I left yesterday yesterday afternoon, but there's a lot of energy down there in in the N.O. And, you know, they love those Saints. And it looks like they have a a good reason, again, to, to, you know, feel good about that team, at least for the time being. Uh, That division doesn't look too strong to be overall beyond the Saints. And I would think that they're probably going to be, Uh, it's going to be hard to knock them off in that division again. What what do you think?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Saints are still the class of the South. They're my highlight. You know, even though Deshaun Watson and the Texans made an unbelievable effort to beat them in their Superdome, the Saints and Drew Brees just did everything that they needed to do to win that game. And it wasn't clean. It wasn't pretty. Maybe got bamboozled by the refs a little bit again, but Overall, they are one of those teams that it's very important for them to get off to a good start and sustain it because they want to be that number one seed and host everything coming through New Orleans. They're a much different team at home, so obviously winning is big for them and getting off to a good start in the NFC standings overall. And then uh, I would say Carolina was kind of a low-key team that I thought had a really solid opening week because I think a lot of people probably would have picked them to get wiped by the Rams or at least that's what I would have thought going into it just because the Rams have kind of that name and the Panthers seem to be closer to a 500 team and they played well and had a chance to win that I I think they have a shot against the Saints but a lot of things have to come together before that happens and really uh, Kyle just really quick my low light that's got to be the Atlanta Falcons with how lackluster they came out in that Vikings game I mean they're a team that a lot of people are picking to be a surprise team and they really laid an egg against a team in Minnesota that's very similar in trying to reestablish themselves this year. Yeah,
0: I, I agree with you, I agree with you on all that, Ryan. I think to the point where I probably won't even. I, I guess yeah, I I, I guess the pretty much the only highlight, the the best thing choice would probably be the Saints and the Falcons. Yeah, they've had they had. Although I think the Bucks, you could argue them for the worst too, because oh yeah, for sure. I think I, a lot of people, if you, yeah, they were at home, they were at home too, right? Yes, with, they were. The, now, know, I know.
1: think, without a doubt, the Buccaneers are the worst team in this division, at least. But in terms of just kind of laying an egg, I almost felt the Falcons laid a bigger egg than what the Buccaneers did on Sunday.
0: Okay, well, but I mean, it's just weird though with the. Falcons have talent year after year, but it seemed like they're not getting mo. Their coaching isn't worth a damn year after year. They don't they don't out strategize people. They don't out grit people and out work people. So it's like for me, I didn't really. I'm not. I didn't really see that surprise that they got. I didn't. I wouldn't have picked them at at all to, to beat Minnesota. Not in, at home, and you know, I guess they may have lost even worse than you would think, but not. I just I'm not very high on Atlanta. They paid they paid their top players there. They just re-upped uh, uh, Jones there, and, uh, the big receiver, and got him some money, but I think he's just he, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he underperforms definitely uh, over the course of the contract. So it's like you know, they're just doing They're just spinning the wheels down there, in my opinion.
1: And I I don't necessarily disagree with that at all. I I wasn't very high on Atlanta coming into this year either. It's just amazing to me that, you know, we criticized the Vikings last year against the Bears in that last game. Like They looked like they had no heart or no will to win when their season was on the line. If they won, they would have made the playoffs, and they just laid this total egg. I felt just the same way again with Atlanta another team that uh, you know a lot of people have probably thought they have the talent to at least be a wild card if things come together and it looks like they just didn't even get out of the plane from Atlanta
0: yeah yeah definitely and i i said it on thursday i think with the way that the bears and the packers look that the, the vikings were the uh, biggest winner coming out of thursday and uh you know if if the vikings the vikings maybe more than any team in the division has to show, has to probably have a, as much of a chip on the shoulder as anyone in the NFC North. And let's just go right into the North now since, you know, the South didn't give us too much. We, we promised said enough about the South. But the North, you know, of course, uh, like you said, the Vikings 28-12 over the Falcons. Uh, you know, going back to Thursday, the Bears <laughs> lost 10-3 to the Packers. So Packers, you know, they get a they get their early win. They win with their opener with their new coach and their new offensive system and new defense. The new everything up there, and they got up to the start, the best start that they could hope for. Even if they, you can say in a lot of ways they're going uh perform. <laughs> and those damn lions, man! I watched this game in a hotel lobby with a with a, uh, a social editor from the. Detroit Free Press, a a Michigan guy through and through. And he was just, he was just hurting, man, throughout that overtime. 27 27, uh, tie. (laughs) First tie since uh, another couple of uh, division rivals in the North got together early last year. The the Packers and uh, the uh, Vikings had that tie. It was September of last year. And the ineptness, i the ineptness in that game, the ineptitude, I should say. I'm, I'm showing an, an inept level of ineptivity myself <laughs> <laughs> with that there. With, yeah, but the ineptitude that I, I, from that game last year, I just it stuck to me because I that was a week. I think the Bears were on Monday night that week, so I uh, against uh, uh, the Seahawks so i was watched so i you know i didn't have anything else to watch so i watched that game and it was just like man this is like neither of these teams wanted to win that game it seemed like the way that from the way that they were playing of course there was big kicking issues with with each team in that game at at that point uh, talking about the green bay and minnesota back at that point this game with the lions and the cardinals it just seemed like neither team knew how to win like, we're talking two of the worst, you no know, worst history teams in the league. But in the in the more immediate, you know, you got, of course, Arizona with a number one pick. They, we know that they're rebuilding, and the Lions are the Lions. So it's like, <laughs> you know, they just, neither team just looked like they had a hold of things going through that overtime. And, well, I, I guess more so, Arizona had the, motive had the momentum because they were in a comeback situation in the second half and they were, you know, Kyler Murray and that offense was was starting to get going. So they had more of an actually of a momentum throughout the game. Whereas the Lions kept giving everything up. And, you know, I would I would say off top, you know, that the Lions are the worst for me in the division. More so I may be meatheading it a little bit as a Bears fan, but you know, the Bears did lose to – they lost to a better team. And they lost to a team – They and they showed half of their team the the, the best – what we knew the best of the Bears uh, – the Bears offered. Their defense showed up. You know, what what does, you know, the Lions offer outside of, you know, just their, their raggedy history? You know, and they, they let a rookie quarterback almost beat them in his first ever game, you know, so I, I would put the Lions as my worst and uh, uh, Vikings as my best. And uh, and, as far as what I saw in the North, what, what do you think?
1: Yeah, I would say the Vikings are my highlight
0: of the NFC North. They,
1: uh, I mean, they showed up and they showed out against the Falcons. They really showed a commitment to the run. Uh, Kirk cousins only threw the ball 10 times and had eight completions He's going to throw a little bit more uh, when they play teams that can really stop their run or challenge their run better than what Atlanta did. But that's what I expect the formula to be for Minnesota. A lot less Kirk Cousins and more shots downfield and more, you know, play action when they do put the ball in his hands. Otherwise it's going to go to their running backs and they're going to play great defense. And that defense to me was the highlight, especially for the Vikings because they, looked ferocious and really got pressure at Matt Ryan with doing what Mike Zimmer likes to do. And that's blitz occasionally, but mainly do it with his front four. And they've got a lot of talent there. And I think those guys have a chip on their shoulder in terms of the low light. I I still got to go with the bears. The lions would be a close second, but uh, even though I think the lions are the worst team in the division, they kind of did what I expected them to do, which is, just kind of mess up, even though uh, I believe I picked the Lions, I'm sure we all did, to beat the Cardinals. So, you know, we all thought that the Lions had a little bit more established in their program so that they would come away with a victory, and they couldn't even do that. But for the Bears especially, uh, I think it just when you look around the league and see what everyone did, you know, no one really struggled offensively like the bears did. And especially with a team that has that much talent on offense to only get three points looks just even worse to me after week one Uh, really what was it the Steelers maybe were the only other team that scored a field goal. It seemed like, And, and they got pants by maybe the best team in football. And certainly the bears didn't play one of the best teams in football with the green Bay Packers. So they gotta they gotta quickly hit the the drawing board because they're the only ones at the bottom of the NFC North and they don't want to sit down there too long.
0: Yeah, 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 right. I can't I can't argue with you at all about the Bears, man. It, it was it was a pitiful, uh, you know, pitiful opening for them, uh, uh, an obvious showcase game for them, and they they did they just didn't come through. You 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 can hear more of our. Takes takes on the Bears. Uh, af- after we run through the lead here with the all thirty-two, I'm uh, you'll be able to hear uh what we recorded Thursday night right after the game, our immediate reaction, uh, which we'll typically do with uh, Bears games going forward, unless they just get too depressing for us to talk about. It. But uh, yeah, the the Bears, yeah, that, uh, no uh, no argument there, man. And like you said, uh, yeah, only them and the Steelers, the worst offensive performances this week. The only other team teams that came close, the only, under, only other teams that, no, nah, they were a few good coaches. The Fal- yeah, Falcons had 12 points, so that was the next worst. No, actually, the Dolphins team was the next worst performance Then the Falcons had their 12. Browns had 13. You know, Bucks 17. But most, most of the teams scored at least 20 points. The Broncos had 16 last night. So, yeah. yeah not you''re way on the opposite end of things when it comes to offense right now with the bears and they gotta they gotta they gotta prove themselves they got a lot to prove to themselves going forward. Uh, let's hop over to the NFC west and uh starting out with all uh, games you already talked about they uh had a couple of cru- intra uh in or say inter uh division matches with the with the South they like said the 49ers beat the buccaneers 31-17. Rams overcame the Panthers 30 to 27. Uh Cardinals had to tie with the Lions and uh the Seahawks had their game with uh Bengals 21 to Bengals, 20 in that one. 20 20. Yeah. So nothing we look at those games outside of 49ers winning by two touchdowns on the road. Nothing that's too impressive. You had a Seahawks team barely win on the at home. The Rams were on the road, but they, you know, they were playing a pretty tough team. But they didn't, you know, the Rams are a Super Bowl, you know, team last year, and they only won by three. And let me say the Cardinals, you know, really no expectations for them coming into to Sunday's game, and they they actually fought pretty well and, and got a tie where they should have had a loss. So, um, I don't know. It's, it's inter- I don't know. Uh, looking at that awesome, I don't know. I guess I will, I will, I'll rep, I'll rip the Niners since I picked them and they, they proved me right. You know, I, I say that that's my best, uh, coming out of that division. And the worst would have to be, uh, I can't put the Cardinals, uh, and you no, know, neither team, none of the teams lost. So it's, I don't know. I don't know whether uh, maybe let's let's just split this up. Then what is you probably you may have looked at it a little more deeper than that. What was what would you argue as a worst for the for the NFC?
1: I think the worst for me would be the Seahawks because, like you said, uh, West pretty good, yeah, uh, yeah. pretty good day overall when you look at the the win column. Cardinals are the only team that didn't win, but we all expected them to lose. So to not lose. Even though to me a tie is just as good as a loss, but in the Cardinals' case, I'll count that <laughs> as a uh, positive rather than a negative. They're one
0: of the rare teams that you can say uh, on a given week. Uh, what'd you say? They're one of the rare teams on a given week would say, well, you know, it's actually good that tie. Right, time.
1: right. I think it's really when you have no expectations that a tie is okay. But if you have any type of aspirations for your season, a tie is just as good as a loss. Uh, So I would go with Seattle as the low light of the division. That Bengals team, I don't know, they're a team I'm going to look out for, not as a team that's going to contend or get to the playoffs, but especially if you're betting, gambling, or doing any survivor pools or anything like that, that Bengals team might actually be pretty solid if they get what they got offensively and defensively. Andy Dalton was finding uh, his playmakers really throughout the game and all over the team. And then uh, you look at on the defensive side, their big question mark was defensive line and they played extremely well. And Seattle doesn't have a great offensive line and might be actually kind of bad, but it just seemed like Russell Wilson had no answers for them for most of the game and Cincinnati, because I was watching this game too. uh, They were holding onto the ball really the entire, uh, the entire game, I would say for the most part, because it just didn't seem like Russell Wilson, was on the field, and when he was, he made some big plays and kept his team just ahead. Uh, I'm gonna be curious to see because the Seahawks are gonna play the Steelers. The Steelers really need to get a bounce back victory. Uh, I forgot where the game is at. I think it's in Pittsburgh, if I remember correctly.
0: So that's gonna be. I'll be. I, mean, uh, I can look it up, but right? I got scores. In front because of so that's gonna be a tough game for Seattle. 22.
1: Oh, they are. They're going to Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh at, at noon. Yeah, so
1: that is going to be, I think, a tough trip for Seattle. If they come out that game and look a lot like they did against the Bengals, I might reevaluate how I look at the Seahawks overall too. But, you know, you don't want to overreact. I just think that they probably had the worst of the entire four. And I'm going to go with you in terms of the best. I think you got to go with the 49ers this week. It's kind of funny, even though this was a good day for the division, so there's no real low light other than maybe Seattle underwhelming. Well, there was nobody that was really impressive either, because I think the 49ers for a large part of that game really struggled with what the Buccaneers are. And I'm with you. I think the Buccaneers are a bad football team, at least right now. So I was surprised that they struggled as much as they did. And I think part of that is I just don't think the 49ers are that great. The Rams, uh, you know, I'll just say this about them. I thought they played a tough opponent in the Panthers and they did what they need to do, but to me, that's a team, when you look at some of the elites from last year, I think they look maybe most primed for a slight regression outside of maybe the Bears.
0: Yeah, I remember you saying that. We were talking about how people were, uh, you know, outside of Chicago were so, uh, you know, so primed for the Bears to fall off or exhibit that type of step back this year. You mentioned the, you brought up the Rams yourself. And I'm going to look at that, too, as uh, – as a possible uh, storyline going forward, let's see how the Rams, you know, uh, how they exhibit themselves uh, throughout the season, and and if they can keep up their momentum because they're in a lot of they, a lot of ways they mirror the Bears in regards to the young coach, the the shaky at times quarterback, you know the still evolving running attack and and the elite defense. So it's like you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of great things that both teams have but you know how uh there's some there's somewhat else too there's some uh, you know some things there that uh, that could that look pretty precarious to you know say the least. but uh and one more thing about the the 49ers you know as I'm looking at the stat lines now not a lot of offense like you said they they it looks like they did struggle. That in regards, you know, they scored mostly in the second half. They were down seven six at half. So, uh, you know, Garoppolo—that's a guy who's going to have more and more heat on him going through the season. You know, he only had 166 yards passing on 18 to 27 completions, a touchdown, and interception. Uh, you know, he's not—if he's not producing a lot of offense for that team, you know, I, I can't think that's going to be something that Kyle Shanahan is going to be uh, okay with. Know going through uh, the rest of the season, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was a 20 to
1: 14 game going into that fourth quarter, so certainly that 31 17 score looks really deceptive. Like the 49ers really came in there. I, I thought they were going to be the better team, just overall roster to roster, and I think that's the only reason why they won, to be honest, Kyle.
0: Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, let's uh let's hop over to the AFC, uh, you know, AFC East, of course, the big story we will uh, have to say coming out of Sunday night Patriots domination Patriots pick up Antonio Brown, of course, this weekend. So this, just, uh, just, just despicable the fortunes for new England, man. And, uh, you know, how much, how much can you say about them at this point, man? They, they're the champs and they're, you know, they gotta be the, the overall favorite again, you know, you know, but look at the way they performed Thursday night again. Again, you know, uh, against a team that a lot of people would have thought could be at least competitive, in the Steelers, and you know, they, and they still have another weapon that's on their way, you know, it's in, in Antonio Brown. It's it's amazing. But uh, elsewhere in the division, Dolphins get spanked 59 over the Ravens by by the Ravens, I should say, uh, and. Uh, so, uh Bills and Jets, uh intra division there and uh Bills, another team I got to pick up on in the in the picks for Dean Davis. I had them winning and they, they pulled that out. But uh yeah, let's look uh you have to think at that the obvious best of the division there is, is uh the Patriots and the worst would be the Dolphins, but uh anything else that uh you would uh, pick out from that division, Ryan,
1: beyond that? Yeah, not too uh, different from what you would say. My highlight and low light are the same, and I would say that's the same old story because the highlight, you're right, is the Patriots being the same old quality team of the AFC East. They're on their way to Super Bowl contention as long as that right arm of Tom Brady doesn't deteriorate or fall off. As long as he's upright, they are going to be really good. And then you just look, I thought the Bills-Jets game, obviously the Dolphins were completely underwhelming. They'll be the worst team in that division, if not the entire league. But that Bills-Jets game, I thought really the Bills didn't look great. They looked good because they won on the road. Not especially a tough road trip for them. But, uh, you know, their quarterback, the the young guy that I'm blanking on his name versus Sam Darnold. Um, uh, uh, I'm sorry?
0: Josh, yeah, Josh
1: Allen. Allen, sorry, thank you about that, Kyle uh, Josh Allen versus Sam Darnold Kind of uh, 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 A college bowl, if you will Quarterbacks of the 2018 draft And, and was speculate whether The Jets would go after an Allen Versus a Darnold And if Allen would go number one or Darnold go one I, I thought both of them just looked rather Pedestrian overall it Just Allen did a little bit more To get his team the W So really underwhelming from Bills and Jets But nothing Surprising, I I think we all believe that it's going to be the same old story with this division. New England way in front of everybody else.
0: Yeah, you you look at those two teams; those are two middling teams. Although I've seen uh, with a couple of uh, of like playoff predictions uh, that some people have actually had having the Jets sneak in. Wow, Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I actually, you know, in this game. You know, sort of reinforces that. I would, if 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 you ask me, one of these two teams will be in the playoffs more likely. I would say the Bills. Yeah, I'm with you, guys. Bills.
1: I I only picked the yeah. Jets because they were at home. That's really the only thing. I think the Bills are a better team. I don't know how much better, but I'm with you. They're the second best team in the
0: East. But they it, they got a they got a potentially top ten defense. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah. and and you look at them offensively. You know, Allen. Allen still got a lot of work to, to go, but he showed uh, a lot of. Uh, and I'm looking at the stats here. He, him, he fed John Brown, a young receiver there, quite a bit on Sunday. Uh, Brown had a touchdown with 123 yards or seven receptions. And uh, a, a guy who I think you should appreciate, the rookie, who we talked about uh, as a possible ability for the Bears, Devin Singletary out the backfield, helped run uh, Shady McCoy out of town. And uh, he had four rushes on 70 – 70 yards on four rushes and uh, 28 yards receiving on five receptions. I think that's got to be a guy who, you know, they got to keep feeding him the ball. And he could potentially do some things in his rookie
1: Yeah, the Bills, you know, if Allen really becomes a good quarterback and a solid quarterback that you can rely on, that's a team that not this year, but maybe next year – could really start turning some heads in the, the AFC East.
0: Yeah, so uh, they pick up a win; they they're, they're uh, up a game, so a good start for them. And but everybody's gonna be chasing the Patriots there. And as you look at the who they whooped on the Steelers, uh, let's go to the North. Uh, Steelers, of course, bad opening for them. Uh, you know, in Bengals they took a loss as well, but encouraging when uh, losing only one in Seattle. Um, uh, Ravens, big term win. Uh, really, some well, not surprising, I guess, that they beat the Dolphins. Well, I guess maybe we'll get into that in a bit. Uh, maybe the, the way that they did it, Browns, even more surprising. But you know, a lot, you had a lot of people coming out after the game, like, well, what do you expect? It's the Browns. But the you know we got we got to admit the Browns infusion of talent belied this this uh result that they got forty three thirteen to the loss to the Titans at home on the opening day. So much positivity. Like that they may be even worse than the Bears because, you know, we didn't lose by thirty to the Titans, you know, we lost by a touchdown to a blood rival. You know, it's like, you know, what what are the Browns doing? Yeah. You know? Ryan, they got to be the worst of the division. This
1: uh, I'm with you with that. The Browns might have had a worse start to their season than the Bears. I think the only thing that maybe makes the Bears worse is they were the national standalone game. So they had more time to really more eyeballs to watch that. But I'm with you. I mean, Baker Mayfield, everybody was talking about him being a superstar, being the next like uh, Patrick Mahomes, if you will, that he's just going to be this sensational quarterback from that class and he we got to slow down on him with the three interceptions you can't have a Jay Cutler type day and necessarily be that you know Kyle I, I can't argue with you if you want the Browns to be the low light I thought that they really underachieved against the team and the Titans that I expect to be just basically around 500 I'm gonna go with the Steelers though just because I had them winning the division and I think that they're the better team than the Browns, even though the Browns I think are a very good team. As you point out, they have a ton of talent. So that's a big time loss. Like that's a very shocking loss, but just the Steelers with getting rid of Le'Veon Bell, getting rid of Brown, it's all the shift of the focus and attention is Mike Tomlin finally can really run that locker room. And big Ben is fully in charge without other personalities going against really the class in the AFC, and they just looked pathetic. And the other thing, too, is I picked the Steelers to win that game because I thought the Patriots were going to do their traditional lay an egg in September and maybe go 0-4 or something before they go on their tear and get to the Super Bowl. And so for Pittsburgh to really just look absolutely pathetic in that first half they couldn't move the ball at all against the Patriots, and I, I, you know, I think the Patriots are a good defense, but not so good that the Steelers, with Ben Roethlisberger and a really good offensive line, they couldn't do anything. I, I was very surprised by that.
0: But I, I, yeah, I know we talked about that before with uh, the some of the slow starts that the Patriots get. I thought you know, I would think that zero and four would have been a little bit too much to ask of as far as uh, a bad start from this team. I, I and, and uh, plus two the game being you know, on Sunday night, I think typically Brady shows up for these type of games, and uh, there was I think there was a statement to be had, and uh, and they definitely made that statement, no doubt.
1: Uh,
0: yeah, but uh, the the best you know got to go with the Ravens. Yep,
1: I'm with you there.
0: And, uh, in particular, Jacks, you know Jackson, man, he so much that he uh, has to feel good about coming out of this week. You know, oh, he, he was he got feeling in a good,
1: little... Kyle. He, he couldn't wait to tell. Not bad for a quarterback, and good for him.
0: Right, that's, that's just what I am about to say. Not bad for yeah, a running right, back. Right. Yeah. And he he was amazing. Five touchdowns, 324 yards, 17 or 20 completions. And he he just got the ball around to everyone. Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown. Man, what a pickup that is out the draft. Yeah. He, he, he can be a really excited player. 147 yards uh on only four receptions with two touchdowns. Man, that that you think about that ability to stretch the field and the ability to to just do multiple things on offense. Mark Ingram is on, you know, had two touchdowns rushing. You know, and and this is already a team and uh, a franchise that prides itself on defense as much as any franchise out, outside of the Bears, I would say. You no, know, this you no know, the Ravens could be low key, a real contender.
1: Yeah, Kyle, I you know, I like the Ravens coming into the year. I thought that they would be right there with the Browns, right behind the Steelers. And I kind of wanted to lean Ravens because of their experience versus the inexperience and really lack of success, like track record of success from both uh Freddie Kitchens and Baker Mayfield. The Ravens, you know, if the Patriots didn't exist, if Tom Brady and Bill Belichick weren't around. I mean, the Ravens would be up there as a team that we talk about as just an amazing franchise because they just draft so well and always find a plan going into the season. I love what they're doing with Lamar. I I hope it can continue. We got to see. Obviously, it helps going against the Dolphins who are ready to quit right now. But uh, I think Lamar Jackson, where he was picked up in the draft, made a lot of sense. What they're doing with him makes a lot of sense how they're attacking it with the players they picked up in free agency and the draft makes a ton of sense. They're going to be really strong against the pass. Uh, Maybe some question marks with that front seven, but we got to see because they know how to develop talent. And I'm sure that they've invested in plenty of young players to fix any issues that they have in their front seven, their team. I'm with you there. They showed obviously the highlight of the North. And I think that they put everybody on notice, like, If you think that it's just going to be the Ravens, some eight and eight team that we really don't care about. And Lamar Jackson's just a faint thought. I I don't think that's going to be the case.
0: Yeah. Well said, Ryan. You you think, you think about if the Patriots didn't exist or if they hadn't had the run that they've had over the past couple of decades, you know, the Ravens will probably have another two or three Super Bowls if the, if uh, the Patriots weren't in the way, tell that uh, to that Chuck rate.
1: Pagano when his Ravens defense lost to the Patriots in that AFC Championship, and I think the Patriots went on to win.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Let's uh let's move over quick to the South. AFC South. Uh, we we talked a bit about this already. Ray right? Titans big game over the Browns. Um, the let's go the Colts. Uh, competed well at Nla uh, in LA uh, lost in overtime with the Chargers. Um the uh, Texans on Monday night competed well but lost to the Saints and uh let's see uh what's the remaining team? the Titans
1: against the Browns.
0: Yeah said yeah said the Titans Titans won. Oh the Jags uh,
1: against the Chiefs sorry.
0: Jags yes yes, yes. <laughs> the Jags uh, loss and they took some took some injury yeah. losses there. So uh, yeah, what what are your what are your thoughts on that division? I guess uh, Titans are obvious uh, best of, and uh, you know well, I probably I guess the Jags are the worst of because uh, it looks like like I said the tight Ty- Texans and Coke both competed well, but uh, you know you look at uh, you know Jacksonville that's a team that. Was hoping that their offense would be would be better with Nick Foles, but now they got to deal without him. They got a rookie now who stepped in and he actually showed some good stuff. But uh, you know, he's still a rookie, and uh, you know, there's a lot of unknowns again now with that offense. So, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I think you're probably right with the Titans being the
0: highlight and the Jags being the
1: low light. Uh, the Colts, you know, put up a great effort against the Chargers. That might be a team that is better off than we thought when Luck uh, retired. But we'll we'll wait on them and not overreact on week one. They had a solid start, even though they did lose to, I think, a really talented Chargers team. Same thing for the Texans. I mean, you lose to the Saints in New Orleans. If you told me that result uh, on Thursday or Friday, I think everybody would have been like, yeah, that sounds about right. The only thing that makes it tough is the way they lost because they really should have won if they had played a little bit better or made a few more smarter decisions or just got a couple more breaks. So they're definitely solid Titans. You know, they are a team that I, I figure is going to be towards the bottom. I just don't know what they have at quarterback. And if they have enough playmakers on the team, I know they have a very solid amount of players They have a lot of NFL players on their roster. I just don't know if they have enough NFL stars to push them over the edge, but a great start week one, maybe have to kind of watch them too, but maybe that was just a a veteran leadership kind of win over a uh, Browns team. That's maybe feeling themselves a little too much going into the season. We'll see with them, but for the Jags, Uh, 40 points given up by the defense. Uh, I'm surprised by that. I thought that their defense was going to have a big bounce back this year, and maybe it was the fact that uh, Foles went down. It sucked the life out of the team. I'm not sure. I wasn't watching that game specifically, but uh, I know that game was competitive at least while Foles was in the game and uh, really tough for the Jags now moving forward. Uh, Trying to get a bounce back season, and it looks like they might just be stuck in the same spot because they lost their quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I wanna um, i wanna go back to the Colts before we uh, finish off in the West, in the AFC West. Uh, you know, I'm gonna be rooting for for the Colts a bit and rooting for Jacoby Brissett, who had a nice performance in Week One, uh, 21 to 27, two touchdowns, only 190 yards, but you know he he was feeding Marlon Mack, which was which again I was uh, benefiting from in my fantasy, but 174 yards for Mack in a, a touchdown, and um, yeah, you got to figure that that's a, a lot of what we're gonna see from the Colts. They showed this this uh, this past week with the the emphasis on on running with Matt uh, T Y Hilton had a good uh, good game, two touchdowns, eighty seven yards receiving. Uh, figure Brissett's gonna rely a lot on him and his tight ends. Uh, got a couple good ones in Doyle and Ebron, but neither one of them actually caught much. And uh, only had he, he, both of them had one reception each uh, against Chargers. But uh, you know, it, yeah, there, there's, that's a, again they they have a tight, they have a pretty uh, pretty good defense, and um, you know probably a bend but bend but not break defense. The one of the best offensive lines in of football. So they're gonna be able to run the ball and control the ball a lot. Uh, in their game. So definitely don't sleep on the Colts just because they lost Andrew Luck.
1: Definitely. But, I think uh, the Colts are, uh, are going to be a solid team, regardless of the fact that they don't have Andrew Luck.
0: Right, right. Well, let's finish out quick kid, because uh, we got to get you gotta get you out so you could uh, work with Ken and Demons tonight. But um, uh, the West, uh, you know, build, uh, bouncing off the Jaguars, uh, of course, they lost to the Chiefs, defending champ, division champions and everything. And uh, for many, a, a prohibitive Super Bowl favorite. Uh, 40 to 26, Kansas City won there. And uh, let me see, about elsewhere in the West, you had the Broncos. Of course, on Monday night, they lost to the Raiders. So, uh, in intra division, 24 16. Uh, Raiders, you know, get some good momentum even after that crazy offseason and crazy weekend in particular uh, with uh, saying goodbye to Antonio Brown. And um, the Chargers with the win over the Colts. So uh good, good weekend for three of the teams in the AFC West. Um, you know, Broncos couldn't get it done in uh, Big, Big Fangio's coaching debut. So what, what would you think uh of a best and worst from that division?
1: I'll go with the worst with the Broncos, um the only team that lost in the division and it, it's hard to you know maybe the Chargers because they went into overtime with Andrew Luckless Colts but we just talked about it. we think they're a solid team so I'm not going to go too hard on the Chargers on that game they got the victory and you know they're dealing with issues on their own roster so it's not like They're complete and uh, perfect themselves. Chiefs, uh, they're probably the highlight. Uh, Maybe you go Raiders as the highlight because not really anybody expected them to beat the Broncos. Certainly we didn't on the D and Davis game picks. Uh, We all picked uh, the Broncos to win that game. But uh, John Gruden, Derek Derek Carr had a really good start to their season. So good for them, but I'll go with the Chiefs just because they were just so dominant against a Jags team that I thought might make it a little bit competitive or at least make it tough on that offense and keep it somewhat close. But they got forty points with really without breaking a sweat, so they're still the same. Even though they lost Tyreek Hill, you know, if they don't lose Travis Kelsey, I think they're going to be okay overall as an offense, especially with how talented Mahomes is. And going back to the low light, the Broncos. You know, we're all here. Uh, in Chicago waiting for this matchup with the Broncos next week. And uh, certainly ever since that loss to the Packers, a lot of our imaginations have been running wild on how good Denver might be. And they look like a bad football team, to be honest, Kyle. I I thought that they really struggled uh, to do anything efficiently, both defensively and offensively. They had some drives, but stalled always in the red zone. Uh, Vic Fangio, I thought, made some mistakes as a young coach and a rookie head coach and defensively, you know, I thought I think everybody expected them to dominate the Raiders, but they couldn't really do anything against the Raiders offensively uh, for a lot of stretches in that game.
0: Yeah, so maybe maybe some good signs there for for the Bears, you know, going into this coming week we'll be talking uh pretty much exclusively previewing that game later this week on uh Still untitled Bears podcast. We got we got to figure that out the next day or two, man. But yeah, uh, we'll, we'll have, have the video.
1: name definitely by the podcast show.
0: The... <laughs> right, we'll have that there. But uh, for now, as we wrap up all thirty-two, I just I want to keep it positive with the Raiders, you know. And you look at you know them getting rid of this the head case, very talented but still a head case in uh in Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, they Tyrell Williams wound up showing uh, you know, with uh, with his performance, six receptions, hundred five yards, one uh touchdown, that they may still have a number one receiver out there in Oakland. And you look at the the rookie running back, Joshua Jacobs, twenty-three uh rushes, eighty-five yards and two touchdowns. It looks like they're gonna uh slide him in right into that that Haas running back position there. And uh, you know, Carr was you know did well. Only four incompletions, 26 attempts. You know, if he if he does that type of game management plus thing that he can do that we know we know he can do at his best, and doesn't turn the ball over, and you know, gets the gets the gets the ball to some of his young contributors on that team, they can they can at least compete with people uh, week in and week out. And um, but, but it would seem that. Like I said, they took advantage of being at home and being playing against uh, a still, uh, you know, rebuilding Broncos team, and you know maybe the Bears could take advantage of that too this week. So we'll have to see about that. But uh, yeah, let's wrap it up here. That's our first All Thirty Two uh, uh, look at the entire league after week one of the, of the NFL season. We'll expect. More of these after each week going forward, but um, Ryan, uh, tell us, uh, to give us a little bit of since we're talking right before you're heading to uh meet the guys for Dean Davis, uh, a little bit of that going forward to tell everybody uh, how they can listen to Dean Davis.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely wait for the show to drop tomorrow in the uh, early afternoon. We're all over the place SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, War on Anchor. Uh, really all over the place that you get your popular podcast. And if you need any help finding that direction, go to Twitter, go to Instagram at D and Davis show. We'll have the link for you to go ahead and find this podcast. And then of course, facebook.com forward slash D and Davis show as well for that. So we're all over the place. Really got to just basically Google search D and Davis show, and you're going to find yourself a way to our podcast. And we'll be reviewing week one and probably talk about week two coming up.
0: Yeah, pretty much. That's it. And uh, War on Anchor, the same thing. Google War on Anchor. War on Anchor on... Uh, uh, anchor, or you can put in anchor f- anchor.fm slash regal dash radio is our address. So if you want to type that in, you'll get all the good stuff that we do, including all 32, which will be up momentarily uh, as, I, as I speak here. But uh, thanks, Ryan, again, man. Great job. Uh, with the coverage, man, and look forward to hearing uh, to hearing about what gets your takes on the Bears uh, in a couple of days, and uh, reading uh, your next fourth and goals, which you can read on com Each week, the fourth and goals uh, is our Bears preview, uh, preview column each week, and the Bears uh, recap column, three and out. Ryan provides those very expertly every week so uh again you know this is your man kyle means on anchor radio dot regalradio.com those are the sites and i am the editorial director so if you got any issues what we do holler at me first and uh you know i will promptly respond to you but uh <laughs> in the meantime uh keep it you know you know keep it uh keep it 100 out there y'all Enjoy this weather out here. Hope you're getting some good weather where you are. Uh and uh yeah, enjoy the enjoy the rest of the football week and uh we'll holler at you next week. All thirty two. Peace out. Okay, man. Yeah. Just was uh, mentioning you, but uh, yeah, I I'll, we don't have to <laughs> go too long on this if you don't want. I, I'm, at, I'm live on Facebook as well, and I've uh, already let off a few of my own words. But uh, <laughs> yeah, just uh... on it, man. this you know, I, I, what's your thoughts, man? This is this is about as was about as bad as it could get. It looked like.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at uh, what they did overall in the game defensively, I think, you know, they got to iron out some things. But overall, I thought that unit was solid, at least solid enough. And They, uh, they definitely seemed to get a consistent pressure, and it, and it seemed like some of the exotic looks that Pagano was doing were actually uh, pretty effective. Definitely some holes in coverage. Uh, Not the best game played by Amukamara or Fuller. But, uh, you know, things happen. And uh, I think just with the rust of the preseason, uh, it's explainable why they maybe didn't perform as stellar. But overall, you know, they gave up 10 points. Uh, It's kind of like the playoff game. Like, what are we talking about here? Because, uh, you know, they did a tremendous job. Uh, keeping the Bears in the game all the way through. And even when the Packers kind of gave them that extra possession in that fourth quarter right at the end with about two minutes left, uh, they kind of threw on second down, giving the Bears a timeout, really helped them out there. Uh, but really the big story is the offense, because even Eddie Pinheiro, his one time out there, I mean, he got the job done. So that's really the end of the positives from there. It was really all negatives. The offense looked extremely rusty. Uh, the big story is going to be all year long, Mitch Trubisky. So that's who, obviously, most of us are keying on. not look great at all by any stretch of the imagination. He, he really looked bad, I think, in that first half and missed uh, either throws or just bad decisions. And you saw him force some balls that he should not have forced and kind of like last year, got away with some throws that should have been interceptions. I mean, he could have easily had two or three picks in this game and uh, really looked terrible on the stat sheet. I thought in the second half, though, he until that interception and that last drive, I thought he was starting to play a little bit better, and he actually was making some accurate throws and some throws downfield. But all, all of a sudden, it, it seemed like the rest of the guys kind of turned it down or throttled down a little bit, especially on the offensive line. They really had no answers for the looks that the Packers were giving and were constantly getting beat on pre-snap and uh it just didn't do a good job blocking at all for Mitch uh, and they did an excellent job really collapsing the pocket there wasn't a ton of running lanes for Mitch it was keep him in the pocket and really collapse and that offensive line had no answers for that so uh, and just not a just not a good start but it, it's early uh, you hate to go too crazy on the first game but certainly a ton of missed opportunities and anybody that had doubts in Mitch so far you are proven right. And everybody that's a believer in Mitch, you should have something on your radar, but I would, again, it's early. He's got to get at least the month of September and probably the rest of these 16 weeks on the schedule before we can make a final decision. But certainly things that popped up, not in the way that you'd like to see in your third year play, uh, third year quarterback that you're hoping takes a big step. And, other than Allen Robinson, I thought the playmakers were few and far between. Uh, and not that Allen Robinson was something special, but he definitely had a solid game, had a lot of receptions, and went over 100 yards. But uh, you didn't see really much from Taylor Gabriel. You didn't see anything from Anthony Miller. Uh, you had other problems as well with uh, uh, with the running backs, other than David Montgomery had some nice runs and showed some of that elusiveness. But I didn't think they got much out of their run game overall. It seemed like they couldn't really pick up a big gasher or or get that 10, 15-yard run, something where you see a massive hole open up and let one of those running backs take advantage. Uh, You didn't really see that at all. So I don't know if uh, I would give that running game a really positive grade. I, I didn't think they were bad, but just not as much as you were expecting. Uh, Adam Shaheen completely non-existent. When he got his chance, uh, you know, has the ball ripped away and he thinks it's a fumble but still doesn't go and pick up the ball. I mean, he just – he looked out of place, to be honest, and and he has started to really worry me about his potential moving forward. Seems like, if anything, he is still very raw and has a long ways to go if he's even going to pick it up at all. And, uh, I mean, what else can you really say beyond that, Kyle?
0: Yeah, I mean it- – it's, it's hard to think that uh, Burton not being out there would be as effect, you know, have the effect that it did. But you know, it it's, it would seem that it, it did because I would think that having him as your number one option at tight end in instead of Shaheen would maybe have allowed for you know maybe one or two more plays to be made, uh, you know, as opposed to what we got from Shaheen. You know, uh, you know, you you covered pretty much everything there uh. well Kyle one thing I want to just piggyback off what you just said
1: that's something to really watch as the season goes this could be a big development because we don't know what's going on with Trey Burton exactly you know is this something where okay he just needed an extra week and then he's coming back because he practiced a little bit or does this linger on for weeks and weeks that turn into months and months potentially because you know, this is two games in a row now with Matt Nagy in the playoff game against Philly and this game against green Bay, where his offense looked almost just shut down because he didn't have Trey Burton out there. It just seems like, and we've heard this from a lot of analysts about the bears and about Matt Nagy, that the U tight end is so important in his scheme. that's what Travis Kelsey plays for Kansas city, that, that receiving big threat tight end where it probably sucks in a lot of attention from defenders. Cause you've got to make sure that you have an understanding of where Trey Burton is with his size and speed. He can be a difference maker. And maybe this is what is kind of stopping this bears offense. Cause if they, let's say need Trey Burton in there to be successful, maybe they get off to a really slow start. If they don't get Burton back right away and that's really kind of damning on Matt Nagy that he can't kind of make adjustments with all these weapons to change his scheme around maybe even a little bit. Cause you know that he's got to have plenty of plays that focus on uh, stuff without the U tight end and that stuff just doesn't seem to really be working right now.
0: Yeah. I think there's a, that's well said, uh, Ryan and you know, uh there's a lot of good information there uh, for fans who don't know about Maggie's tendencies and, you know, the fact that, you know, he does come from an offense that, uh, like I said, relies a lot on tight ends and, you know, has had uh, stellar tight ends in it. Like you say, Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, and they, you know, coming here in Chicago, they try to make Burton into a Kelsey-like figure. But if you're dealing with, with uh, you know, issues with him with health, that, again, is something that the Bears didn't have much trouble with last year was uh, health issues. But, you know, starting off the season with this, it didn't seem like it would be that big of a deal, but it may be more of a deal than we, uh, uh, you know, let on or we uh, could imagine, you know, going into the season. But, I, you know, I want get, to get more before we leave into Nagy in, in general because I think there's a, there was – more than just that, there was a lot of damning things, I think, with his play calling and just his, his handle of the offense. And like you, like you say, that kind of it kind of does stem back from the playoff game last year and some of the things that he had to deal with with, uh, with personnel in that game. And, you know, I think there's going to be a lot of talk, I think, because we have the extra days off and, uh, you know, the way that the conversation – bubbles here in Chicago you can expect it on radio or tv or whatever i think there's going to be a lot of talk about how he handled mitch at the offense leading into this game and you know whether that's right or not that's I think that's going to be a topic of conversation but you know for you no know, for forsaking all that just the calls that he made today the 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 usage of personnel like it really is no excuse. I don't understand why Miller had no no touches, no real attempts to get him the ball. You know, they were, you know, they were. He was a little bit uh over relying on Patterson in some plays. You no, know, uh, there wasn't much done with with Tariq. That was very you know interesting, or you know that it is you know Montgomery did get some touches, which was nice to see, but. You no know, like I said, coming out of the backfield, they didn't do anything worth you know very imaginative they didn't really run the ball that well. they didn't stick to the run in the in the good way, and I think you know with you no know, without having that run at the base of of the operations, you know Green Bay did feel free to blitz at their leisure, and they were they were they felt free to you no know, crowd they run uh, those run spaces like they wanted to and you know do you know whenever uh you know, Mitch wanted to scramble he barely had any any uh, open spaces for himself to do that too and he, and we already know that he's not very you know intuitive yet in regards to you know making making plays out of nothing so it just it just was a bad situation overall and I don't know you know, I think there's going to be a lot of pressure. The pressure's going to ramp up pretty pretty soon, I think, for Nagy and for this offense. Because when you look at week two, you got, you're on a road at Denver. You have Fangio waiting. And, you know, it just it doesn't get any easier. This is what people were saying coming into this year. The schedule is, is tough. And, you know, these guys are improving our quarterback and our coach are unproven and they wasted a lot of goodwill in this game. And, you know, this is just a bad situation right now.
1: Yeah. You know, with Nagy, I think uh, he did an excellent job of kind of not showing up today because the offense, what, like you pointed out, wasn't extremely creative. And when they had that stretch in the second half where you had three penalties in a row and it was first and 40, that comes back to coaching and, and discipline and having guys prepared and having guys ready. And there was just not
0: penalties. enough
1: of that overall.
0: Penalties were hard, yeah.
1: And so, uh, you know, with Nagy, he's – you're right. He's going to have to step up to the plate. I think it, it certainly, uh, it's certainly – it's going to be – very easy for everyone to overreact to this loss. And, you know, I don't know exactly what Mitch was seeing. Maybe there was some things called by Nagy, but Mitch wasn't executing on the field. Uh, some of that stuff I think we'll kind of find out throughout the week after we rewatch this game and see it, especially from the all 32. The uh, the real, I guess, uh, sad part in this is you thought Nagy had his team ready because of how much they talked about this. But, uh, you know, he can come back very easily next week if they're able to turn this around and look like a better team. And and things are going to help next week. It's a tough place to play in Denver. It's never easy to win on the road. But uh, a big part of today was Air Rodgers' ability to just constantly make plays downfield, at, just like unlike really anybody else in the league. And there was a lot of times where – Another quarterback in there, probably a mistake is made, and maybe the Bears get a couple turnovers, and this game suddenly looks different. You know, Aaron Rodgers just doesn't give get rid of the ball or give it away. So uh, everyone that was like looking for a bunch of takeaways, that probably wasn't going to happen in this game, unless the uh, the Packers were coughing it up because he just doesn't throw interceptions, he doesn't make those mistakes. But a guy like Joe Flacco, he is a lot more liable to make those mistakes, and you know. Definitely Nagy and the rest of the coaching staff, they got to have a little bit of a gut check and figure this thing out quick.
0: Yeah, you're you're real right there, Ryan. The the margin for error, you know, the Bears should know as well as anyone. The margin for error against the Packers with Aaron Rodgers is is very thin. And when you you know, it just shows again in this game. You had a defense that showed up and played a game that was enough for you to win off of. But the offense, you know, and the offense didn't turn the ball over that much either. You know, they they weren't, they were on the edge so much of the game. It just wasn't. Controlling the ball, taking care of the ball with the utmost sincerity. You know, you allow that opening. You allow enough of an opening for Rodgers to, to win the game. You know he'll he'll win the game with ten points, just like he'll win the game with thirty points. You show tonight again just why uh, he's the man. Uh, you know whether what, what it means to have a quarterback like him as opposed to having a quarterback like Trubisky who's still developing. So it's a, it's a stark difference. But uh, yeah. Well, one more thing before we go out though. Uh, what on that? Uh, that, sec- that second, that second was it, the second quarter, I think, when they had the shot to uh, what the fifty-one yarder with Pinero, Would you have, would you have went with him on that one, or would you have went with that fourth and uh, with a fourth and ten or whatever that was? I didn't have too much of a
1: problem with that call. Um, probably you should go with the points there, but you know, I could see maybe Nagy saying the last thing I need is another kicker problem. And on top of it, too, I I just never felt that field goals were going to be enough with Aaron Rodgers. I thought he was going to do enough to win that game unless the Bears were able to start putting touchdowns up on the board. And, uh, you know, still early in the game, you get the kickoff in the second half. Maybe that changes things. But I, I also think that this is an offense that can pick up 10 yards and you're on that kind of flirting the line of being a little out of field goal range and, you know, maybe giving up a possession and giving that the Packers a very short field, and you certainly don't want to punt there. So, I think that was kind of like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing. And and really, it's just about whether that play works out or not. If that's a good call.
0: Yeah, I, I'm with you. There. That's reasonable. I think you could have win either way, uh, essentially. And um, you know, at that at that point in the game, yeah. It, it does make sense to think like you know, you know you, you you probably do want to go with the points, but at the same time you are probably not thinking like, oh, it's, it's only going to be a ten to three game at the end. of it. You Think you think that you need more than you know what you end up getting to stay competitive in the game. You know, they didn't, you know, as, as it turns out, this is you know, hindsight is twenty twenty on right now. But uh. Yeah, Kyle, I
1: gotta, I gotta correct you there. John Gruden always says it's fifty-fifty, so I think that that's the correct way. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's a, he's a special case. We know that. So, uh,
1: and he's having a
0: special case
1: out there. We'll get into that next week. Exactly. Right.
0: That could, yeah. I guess it could be worse. We could, it always could be worse. We could be the Raiders.
1: Maybe we gotta just pick up Antonio Brown again. We need that that early season. Raiders acquisition to get this thing rolling, but
0: hey, I'm just kidding. year. yeah.
1: All right, maybe maybe they got to start thinking about it.
0: Yeah, man, he 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 may be on the market pretty soon. But, you know, we'll we'll see how that goes. But uh, but now though, we'll leave it at that, man. Uh, Ryan, thanks for coming on. Uh, definitely check out uh, Ryan's uh, reporting and his uh analysis on weareregularradio.com. Uh, coming up in the uh, next couple days or so you know we'll be recapping uh everything from this this game and uh, next week our regular scheduled uh podcast all 32 we focus on not only the bears but the rest of the league uh, coming off of week one of the season and uh our still untitled bears podcast uh preview podcast for Week two, uh, you know, but we'll we'll have a we'll have a regular name for that next week.
1: Kyle, if they play so, like this, it might have to be bear with me.
0: Yeah, bear with me, bear with us. Might be bear shit. I don't know. So. Yeah, it's it's got a lot of
1: negative names right now. That's what it looks like. Maybe the good thing is they got a week and a half basically of off time that they can really let this loss fester and stink, and maybe. Maybe they'll get sparked to a twelve and four season like last year after losing week
0: one. That's true. Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what they need again this year. Is that that uh, burning, that that burning from that first loss, disappointing loss that Green Bay uh, delivered. Loss. Maybe that'll spark them again and make the. Uh, because I, I, I coming into the season, I already thought I, I figured that they would have a chip on their shoulder. And I think defense does. The defense is playing like they still want got something they want to prove, but it seems like the offense needs more more fuel. And maybe tonight is, is giving it to them. And I think the next 10 days, they'll get plenty more fuel from the reaction from fans and media here in Chicago.
1: Yeah, hopefully. And I know one thing, Mitch is gonna be hearing it, and he's the guy, he's the one that you know, ultimately is going to get this thing really rolling or it's just going to continue to sidetrack. Because if he's playing well and he's being that leader, everyone will follow. But, you know, when you have that bad first half, it's hard to sometimes galvanize the troops in that second.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot, I think Mitch has a lot of leader in him and he doesn't seem like a soft guy or mentally weak guy, but it's just you know, on the field, he's got he's still got some tendencies to things that he's gotta overcome. So uh, you know, and, and, and we've seen we've seen sparks of it over the first couple of years. He's capable of some great games, but he just has to be more consistent. He has to be and if they're if they're gonna do the things that that they feel that they can do and, and we feel that they can do. So. no doubt. It's 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 this week one is 15 more games left, 16 more weeks through the bye. So it's still a long ways to go. You know, like I said, we, we came out of last week, last, first week last year, pretty disappointed as well. And it, it wound up being a great ride. So we can't write everything off completely. But, uh, yeah. Now you
1: got to give it till October. Got to give it till the month of October. A lot of teams treat September like it's the preseason. Look at the a la the Patriots. They do it every year, start out one and three, and everyone says the dynasty's dead, and then they're in the Super Bowl that year. So it, it's really about these next few weeks getting everything figured out and then this coaching staff showing that pretty soon this thing can take off.
0: It's, it's, it's easier to have the benefit of the doubt, though, when you have a couple of in your back pocket.
1: Definitely. He want to just try to get out of this month two and two.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you know, we'll see about that uh, soon enough. Like, like I said, a uh, week from Sunday, they'll be at Denver. Then they have uh, Washington after that, another role game. And uh, they'll be back home after that. I forget who. I think it, maybe Minnesota. But uh, –
1: Yeah, Minnesota's in there, yeah.
0: Yeah, so you – know, They got
1: uh... – or I'm sorry, the Raiders are week four.
0: Oh, Raiders. Okay. You. Uh, so, yeah, Raiders. That you no. Know, you know? Yeah, that should be that should be at least one win there. So you know what,
1: Kyle? I think you actually have it right. I think it's Minnesota and then the Raiders and then the bye week. if I got that correct.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. But it, that's that's your that's your first five games. So you know, uh, I think there'll be a lot more that we can glean from this team. Once we get to that point, but you know, today just had to deal, just had to deal with today, and deal with this week, and uh, you know, and and hopefully the guys who uh, you know correct things and you know, like like I say, utilize the fact that this is still the beginning of the year. This is you know more like a fifth preseason game than ever than anything, and uh, just use it to get get better and get get right. So. Uh, you know, that's that's what they'll do and like I said uh, what we'll do is in the meantime is try to document all that for, for y'all's uh, benefit and uh, we'll have like I said we'll be back next week with some podcasts uh, more writing from, uh, from Ryan maybe I might throw a little something out there too and uh, yeah just, stop, just keep rocking with us uh, we we'll appreciate all your and your support you know, share, you know, share, uh, recommend us to you, to fellow Bear fans out there and sharing that you do. You know, we appreciate it, you know, give us good ratings on the, the podcast platforms as well and, uh, you know, show us love and we'll show it right back. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, bear down with an emphasis on down, and, uh, you know, just, uh, keep, keep your heads up. You know, as as the bears get down. And uh yeah, this you know, like I said, uh keep keep it every keep everything one hundred. And uh, you know, if you're a Cubs fan, maybe you can at least uh deal with the with the uh, Cubs winning today. Maybe that's uh good. Uh, and uh, socks too. with too. So, uh, you know, about basketball. So, Rick, Rick Camp said it's like 40, 41 days till of Maybe that. But uh, yeah, we'll highlight at y'all though. As I, as I get to rambling here, I'm gonna cut off this rambling. Uh, uh I don't know if anybody's joined us on on uh, Facebook, but we'll do this again next week. Uh so if you, if you catch this video in the meantime, remember to join us next uh a week from Sunday. Whenever the bands play, I'll do a pre game and a postgame here on uh Facebook and uh, have Ryan join me either for one of those things. That'll be for the postgame. And uh you know, like I said, that's it. Keep rocking and uh enjoy your weekends and everything and uh you know, be positive and keep building, all right? We'll talk to you later.